Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast on the What Culture Gaming Podcast channel, no Woo! less. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hey guys. And Josh Brown. Hello. And today it's the beginning of Mental Health Week, mental health raising awareness for all sorts of different things. Relating to mental health now, I've kind of just ran down a whole bunch of examples of mental health cropping up in video games for the better. I think all of these are worth talking about. Yeah. Um, we kind of just threw different examples together. Um, they're from all over the last sort of... I don't even know how even long these go back, but a long time. It, even though it's a fairly new age thing to sort of delve into this sort of stuff in a meaningful way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how uh, retrospectively you can actually go back quite a long way and look at sort of um, video game characters who are either suffering with grief or another sort of like mental illness mm. or how it's being portrayed. And I have to echo these thoughts that have been sort of populated at the moment where video games as a medium doesn't necessarily treat mental health in a very considered way. It, it actually Sometimes. is the exception to the rule mm. um, that these games that we're going to be talking about today are. And I do feel that this hopefully is showing that there is a changing of the guard and changing of the writers and how you approach this sort of very difficult material yeah. to make sure that in the future people will find this more relatable because gaming, films, music, it reflects the society that it that it's a part mm. of and we are now sort of waking up to the fact that it's like it is okay to talk about uh, mental illness and things like that yeah I think like yeah I think it's been something that especially the last few years especially like just mm. everyone seems to be more able to talk about the things that ail them in a very honest and frank way that we've always had or I've always had being a, a giant emotional nerd um, over the years anyway um, that I just think it's heartwarming to see there's nothing better than conversation so I've always yeah. been a big proponent of it um, I'll quickly mention that where um, the stream that we're doing this week is in aid of mind you can go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash what culture um, to donate whatever you want and check out the stream tomorrow night I believe it's between 4 and 6pm BST slash yep. GMT and wherever it's we be, are it's uh, Rich, Rach and Adam Cleary and yes. they're going to be playing Celeste so it's going to be a really fantastic time yes. I'm hoping that people will come sort of support them support the channel and basically just share stories and we'll all just have a nice big chat about Speaking that. of Celeste, that is the first one I've got down here. I've got about eight to ten examples. Some are games that are specifically about mental health and mental mm -hmm. awareness, um, things like Celeste, um, but other ones are just like um, games that delve into themes around yeah. anxiety or depression or fear or whatever. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that I think is all just worth raising up um, as the handful of times or whatever the games have tried to tackle these subject matters. Um, so the first one I've got down is Celeste. Um, there will be spoilers for the games that we're mentioning just because some of the big plot points that we're delving into are specifically about spoilers. Mm. Um, but Celeste, I mean, the thing that blew me away the most about that is that they literally wrote uh, they literally made a game uh, Matt Forson made a game where the challenge in that game is overcoming your worst self your yeah. that, like that yeah. propensity yeah. to give in to worry and doubt and all that kind of stuff and it's stuff that like I've like, dealt with loads having been bullied when I was younger and things like that 
And I just think that making a game where you twin like really hard platforming gauntlets to overcoming, you know, feelings of, uh, of doubt and sadness and everything, that absolutely wrecked me in a very good, you know, I'm not the only one kind of feeling yeah. this type way. So well, it's great the way yeah. they deal with it. Like the that game is about, you know, her splitting off into these two different versions of herself. And like there's the assumption that there's a good version, there's a bad version. But at the end, it's not sort of about battling that or uh, trying to get rid of it. It's like learning to live with it and learning, yeah. learning to synergize it and learning that you can learn not only uh, from like the good parts of it, like the good uh, feelings and emotions, mm-hmm. but like learn from the negative ones. It's essentially yeah. the plot of Inside Out now I think about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sadness yeah, and happiness, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's strange where a lot of people will immediately think that these sort of negative emotions and negative thoughts, they're something to be abolished from mm-hmm. like the brain or just the body in, in general. But it definitely is about learning to accept your flaws and learn from your mistakes and moving on from them. Because if you try and deny that they exist, they can come out and really that makes weird. it even worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like repression effectively. Yeah. It can come out in very, very odd ways. One so. of my favorite scenes in this is, because um, you always assume, like I said, I'm, I'm using the whole, like, you know, embrace your worst self or whatever, but mm. you never get um, those, like that specific split. Um, if you guys can hear that on the camera, but someone's got a very loud car outside. Yeah, um, in curious. the game though, one of my favorite scenes is where she finally, um, Madeline is the main character, finally has a conversation with this other self. Yeah. Um, you're only, I'm only going down the hole, it's the, your worst self or whatever, because she's like black, she's like a demon. It's it's obviously the way that Madeline perceives her and whatever. But it's one of my the, favorite- uh, clarity of it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. one of my favorite scenes is where they finally have a conversation with each other and she just sort of says like, look, I never really took the time to understand you. And then her um, her other self is saying the same thing. It's like, well, I always thought you were too weak and I always yeah. thought that we couldn't kind of live together and harmonize. But it's like, obviously there are, you know, you, it's, 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 you're going to, it's yeah, part of the human experience to worry and be doubtful. Yeah. And it's worthwhile taking those, you know, those mentalities into any situation because you should think things through. You should be yeah. aware of different things. You should be an- like anxious about certain things. Um, but it's all about moderation yeah. and learning to give on top of it. Like anxiety, people use it in such a negative context now and you can see why it affects so many people in mm. a negative fashion but it is the body's way of just trying to make you aware of a surrounding it's yeah. saying maybe I shouldn't do this maybe it is that it's just when it becomes a crippling mm-hmm. thing with this and it's like one of the things problem. that they like just hammer home in that scene is that they can work together and they yeah. can fully understand each other and then in the game you get given you like you can learn to jump even further and reach places that you couldn't before yeah. and you're playing as that unity of like that realization that we've probably all had where you mm. get through something and you can just like you know go forward as one um, and playing that was like one of the most empowering things in gaming history for me. I, I love that it kind of, for me, it kind of goes a bit further as well. It's sort of about like taking responsibility mm. for it. Cause I remember mm. when I was first coming to terms with like my mental health issues and stuff, and it was very easy to um, kind of blame any negative traits or negative actions, negative behavior that I, ha- I had on that sort of part of it. Like, mm. oh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, but that's just, I can't help it because that's that's just part of who I am. Mm. But then it's sort of, I love the way Celeste makes you sort of wrangle with that and kind of accept that. No, it is not like two separate entities. It's you you as a person, mm-hmm. both negative and positive, and it's learning to like live with that and embrace that and sort of not viewing it as something separate to you, but like yeah. taking responsibility for it and like acknowledging it and properly not just trying to ignore it, which mm-hmm. I really loved. I think if you go down the lines of separating yourself from uh, your anxiety issues, then you start giving that power over, mm-hmm. like control over what it is, and like you say, it, it's not a part of you. It's a, it's a thing that stops you from doing it. Whereas if you accept yeah. it as much as you can and move with it and just go, I'm having a good day, I'm having a bad day, and I'm making people aware of that, then it makes your whole general outlook on life a lot yeah. easier to get through. And yeah. I love the fact that the game actually like promotes that same sort of thing but through gameplay that's the that's, beauty of that's just controlling it because yeah. 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 the game's on this list that we're going to be talking about today they're not 
all of them aren't just going explicitly, this is what it I is about. I cast a very wide net. Yes, and but they're about teaching you things about yourself through how you play games, mm. because that's the medium in which it's the most visceral. It's mm -hmm. you actually controlling what's going and on. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I have a very close relative of mine who struggles a lot with anxiety and depression, and especially the last couple of years. And so, like, you know, going to like going through therapy sessions with them or having conversations with them about what they've been through and trying to get, get back to the, you know, the, the crux of, like, addressing mental health is to get back to, like, you want to address comfort. Yeah. You're trying to get to a point of, like, just comfort again. And something like Celeste was, for me, was instrumental in understanding what that person was going through, mm. um, if not just for the visualization of, you know, this is the this is the them that I grew up with and this is, like, this other self that's manifesting and it, the kind of the war between the two of them. Um, and that just kind of helps, like, in, on a day-to-day -day basis of, like, why aren't you still the person that you were when I was growing up? But yeah. I'm totally understanding it. Um, so, yeah, even on, like, a wider sense, I think Celeste's life lessons are, like, immortally helpful. There's such an elegance to its storytelling, I think, as well. Mm. There's, like, such a simplicity to it. And, yeah, it doesn't lack the depth or complexity mm. of what, like, you need to bring to, like, wrangle things. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, like you were saying before, it's only became, like, recently that it's been, people are open to talking about this stuff and making art about it. And I mm -hmm. think like the way Celeste does it sort of really speaks to, I don't know, I suppose a younger generation in particular. I think if I had that game growing up, I think I yeah. would have been able to process yeah, that's, and understand that's things thing a lot. So helpful. Yeah, I think it's going to be like that. Because I mean, when I was growing up, I, like there's obviously media and games still that tackle like mental health issues and mental illness, but not in such a direct, succinct, easy to... Um, digest way and like you said Jules the fact that it puts you in the game itself and makes this mechanics part of its mm. not uh, story and theme in delivering that message overall is like Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give it a big old yeah. chef's kiss. Um, so yeah, another one I've got down here because essentially I, I try to think of games that present or go near the idea of addressing certain themes to do with mental health, and then what are their what are their takeaways and mm. sort of you know however they sort of tackle each individual theme. So um, the next one I've got down is Gone Home because I think the whole story of addressing knowing who you are and who you really want to be in, in society in the world and stuff, all of Gone Home is set up to be ostensibly at the, at the outset more of a horror. It's meant to be you're returning to this house and you don't know what's going on. Your family are missing, um, and there's a note on the front door um, from your sister. Um, saying, oh, I'm sorry, but I've, I've had to go, like, please yeah. forgive me kind of thing. Um, but the twist with that is, uh, as you find various audio diaries and, um, you know, you've, you find out what was happening when you were away, the reality is that your sister was actually just coming out and was realizing that she's in love with someone and she's going to be a lesbian and it's like, it was her kind of, like, awakening. Mm -hmm. And then the very end, the big twist or whatever is that she's actually gone off to live a life with her lover and that that was the thing. There was nothing to fear at all. It was just, yeah. you would, you, a lot of it was in your head or like, a lot of it came through in the way that we play as this first-person exploration of a mansion or whatever um but i think that that was one of the best like like i know that was one of the most empowering heartwarming messages yeah. in recent gaming too because it shows you through the gameplay again that you put up your own mental barriers and it's mm. the assumptions and it's assumptions that this game is trying to overcome because mm -hmm. it's assuming that a person is a certain way it's assuming that a mindset is in a certain place and it's just breaking that down again and just saying there's nothing to be afraid of mm -hmm. if it's handled carefully. Yeah, know, like. and I think the, the way that the... Um, <laughs> stupidly, I can't remember the name of the sister. I know that you play as Caitlin Greenbrier. Uh, I, I think it might be Sarah. Um, but when you find all her audio diaries and stuff, you have her very, like, just very natural thoughts. I mean, I remember that they cast someone who was pretty much the same age as the person going through high school, realizing mm -hmm. she had feelings mm -hmm. for someone else, and then mm -hmm. realizing that they're reciprocated. And, like, that's a very universal theme of, like, falling in love with someone. Um, but also, she goes through the reality of the where she lives is, like, not necessarily the most progressive place yeah. or you know yeah. am I able to come out and whatever and, and again I have like relatives that have gone through that stuff too so mm. it's again I think it's a very universal worthwhile message to put out yeah I think that tackles like sort of the breakdown in like family communication really well well maybe mm. not even necessarily the breakdown or just the general lack of it like well they show everyone else has their own lives exactly you know, yeah yeah and like it, everyone's got their own lives and no one seems to fully know what anyone else is doing if mm. that makes sense yeah. like there's a lot of isolation in that story which I think is really good like it's a lot of like her 
discovering this for herself by herself and feeling unable to talk about anything to like her parents in like a kind of matter I mean, she's of literally manner. leaving like tape recorded notes like yeah. that's her diary it's not shared with her best friend or anything it's it's clever just the use of the house as a uh, setting as well mm. because the house is like if you imagine it like a brain it's compartmentalizing things it's got different issues in different mm. areas that get explored and open up and you'll notice that when you go through the game the house feels more open the more you sort of like spend time in yeah, it yeah. and like move around it and especially with like I said with the, the ultimate like twist being that there was nothing to fear at all yeah. you are fully able to explore that house and just take all of it in and mm. if you yeah if you tw- if you twin that with the metaphor of being comfortable with everything in that house yeah. then yeah it kind of comes yeah. full circle um I'm just, oh, no, 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 just going to say like it's, it just brings back I can't remember who said it but it was like you know what's the difference between a house and a home mm. like you know a house is literally uh, the building itself and the home is what you put in it yeah. as in the yeah. and the people and the things so mm-hmm. like yeah definitely. I love the sort of Emp- empathetic empathetic sort of position I wish empathetic well. was a word I, I use it all the time oh, and it's not a word just give me something give, 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 <laughs> pretend, pretend that's, I said something it smart it is for now um, I like the perspective that comes from as well because obviously it's like the sister like going back and I love that you get the insight into there are all these family members and she's sort of uncovering more about her sister that she never knew before which mm. I think is like true if you have siblings like mm. I didn't mm. know anything about my brothers and sisters really growing up other than the fact that they were my brothers and sisters and then yeah. when you get older you realise they have a oh, it, they have a life of their own I think that's the same with sort of friends growing, mm. growing up, uh, up as well and I think once you sort of get over that barrier and you get that sort of like I don't know a sense of empathy and like realisation that oh god there are other people like yeah. me going mm. through the same struggles as me they might be different but we're all kind of doing it on our own and that sort of like connection to reach out at the end of that story like mm. you know she finally understands her sister and stuff which I, I think is awesome yeah yeah I think there's um, there's a way that we sort of like I don't know for me as, like, growing up there's a lot of ways that people interact with each other that are very like surface level whereas I'm always like I'm into a million different things are you into a million different things yeah. here's a bunch of stuff um, but I think that it, like as we've come together like where it was, whether it's through the internet or just having more like open and honest conversations e- even with things like mental health um, people are more open and honest these days yeah. or I find that they are it's, it's weird because like you've got the you've got the very weighted scales. Mm. The people who are now in a position where they feel more comfortable to be able to talk about themselves in a very open and honest manner. And then you've got the other side, which is like the YouTube comments that are very, very <laughs> horrible and things like that. So there, there is always a balance, but it is great to see that people are just going, that exists, but I'm not going to be a part of that. Mm. So I'm going to be yeah. the other side of things. Mm-hmm. Another one I've got down is Night in the Woods, um, which I sort of picked Again, because... Again, talking about friends, like sort of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I love. Like, I absolutely adore Night in the Woods. But it, that is all about um, your personal comfort and the idea of like the different expectations that society or different hierarchies or career goals might put on you that you maybe aren't even okay with. Yeah. Um, and going through with it just because that's what you're supposed to do. The, the um, game teaches yeah. you that failure is okay yeah. as long as you as long as you keep going because it's something that like uh, I've spoken about a lot with my friends that a great deal of pressure is put on the younger generations now to succeed because the previous generations have already already succeeded mm. like it's the same thing where when we were growing up there were probably older kids who were looking down on us and now society's telling us almost to look down on the millennials and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that but yeah. I hate that term and I hate all of the stuff that comes with it saying that like you know they're lazy and they don't have that it's not mm-hmm. true yeah. some of the most creative people are yet to emerge mm-hmm. sort of thing so Night in the Woods is teaching you like even though you will come across not that much support from people who are older than you, if you stick together and move as a unit and find your sort of like links, social, mm-hmm. social links, you can go really far. Yeah, like, or just, or there's, yeah, the, like these different goals and expectations that get put on you, like it is okay mm-hmm. to take your time. Like there's, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of pressure and I remember when, like you probably the same thing when we were all growing up where it's like, okay, pick your vocation, pick your career path you know, and do it right now. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you don't, I don't, this job didn't even really come together until the last like five, six years. So, you know, you spend so long assuming that you're supposed to know exactly what you're doing, but now, you don't need to. At the time of recording this, 
the uh, GCSEs are going on, aren't they? No like, idea. It's, it's that like there's I know that there's um, exams coming up very soon for kids. Right, yeah, right. Like, so I'm just thinking like I remember the amount of pressure that I was put on. Uh, you under, think it's like the like, test of yeah. your life, and, and it's like especially when you do your mocks the years before, yeah. and it's like you say you didn't do too well on them. You're like, I'm going to be an idiot, and I'm yeah. going to be stuck, or mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this, or like this is going to define the rest of my life. And do you know what the worst thing is? Is that doing the exams and going back into the class to speak with people, and then your teacher just going like, "Cool, right? So you've done that. Now we're going to this." <laughs> it's like, what? So it was nothing then. Like you've told me that yeah. this was like the be all and end all of my life, I and remember, now we're um, going to go back and learn about something else. Like yeah. it's, it's your brain can't. School's like talking about like permanent records and stuff too. Like, what is this permanent record? What, are you in touch with the FBI? Like, just, <laughs> just oh, whatever you do. Oh, I dropped a pencil but, once and disrupted a classroom. But it's that like when, when you put anything under that amount of pressure, is mm. it any wonder that you see people sort of quit and give up because they feel that they're not going to succeed? So mm. they try and take control of the situation and quit themselves. Mm -hmm. But that's what games like uh, Night in the Woods and stuff like that are trying to address, which is like, it is okay to step away from stuff and take your time because yeah. Yeah. you can choose what you want to do. At the end of the day, no one is living your life other than you. That's so the thing that I love. Like, yeah. yeah, the thing that I love the most is that like they steer right into that and just say, look, if you need to take some time away from something, that's more than fine. Um, it's okay to prioritize your friends yeah. and your comfort and all yeah. that kind of thing. Um, there is an overall sensibility in Night in the Woods for you will get there eventually. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, it's a very, very specific line to walk because they're not championing the idea of giving up, but they are no. saying you can take your foot off the gas and it's fine. Yeah. Um, I loved how specific and nuanced all that stuff was. It was, it was they were quite clever in how they had the other friends as well because some mm. of them were like very lazy or they weren't doing other bits and Bob so it was trying to like counter like subtly just go like you know like you can air too far yeah. on the yeah. stepping taking a step away so it's like don't go too far mm -hmm. but just ease up on the gas like you're saying yeah like but it's just I mean like it's it's that whole thing it's that like that small town living kind of thing where we, mm -hmm. whenever we go back to our respective like villages and houses and stuff um, you tend to come back across older friends and they're completely comfortable they have their yeah. lives and that's yeah. just as good as, as yeah. chasing any massive high rolling career or whatever yeah. um, not that I'm saying that's what we have but you know what I mean like uh, there's that whole idea that like you, as long as you're comfortable that is more than okay I love how they encapsulated like that small town vibe like you were saying because mm. it's like when we go home do you ever feel like wow this town is small like I've, kind of, I've, yeah. I've been you get more used to the city yeah I've been around this place for so yeah. long that it feels like it's just like it's a microcosm yeah. and you know everything that's going to happen and it does feel safe but in that same sense it feels restricted also, as well yeah I also love that though for like certain holiday periods like going home for Christmas or whatever it's, like, it's the bubble yeah the you bubble sit, you sit down you go like Oh, I can turn off everything else. Yeah, and yeah. I just exist here now. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's something I, I wrangle with all all the time. <laughs> like when I was growing up in that bubble, I wanted nothing more than to get away from it. Same, I, yeah. I was so scared of being stuck there, even though like I'm sure there's like loads of happiness from there. But I was so scared of just like. I don't know, just that would be it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which which was so frustrating for me. But now I enjoy going going back and like yeah. getting getting knowing everyone. It's it's just a I don't know, that sense of balance, I guess. Well, like you doesn't... don't want to err too far the wrong way, but then you yeah. don't want to pursue this like I remember for, for ages I wanted to do well at uni, I wanted to pursue like a good career. And then I just realized at some point I was that was not it wasn't you. It wasn't making me yeah. happy, you know what I mean? At some yeah. point, like, who was I actually, like, living for, if that makes sense? Yeah. Like, I'm not just living to get, like, a good job or mm -hmm. to, like, you know, live in a big city or, like, an apartment. I do none of those things. <laughs> don't, don't live in a big fancy apartment. But I think that's the thing that they address is, like, you know, that whole deal, oh, break out of the bubble and don't be yeah. confined by the bubble. It's like, well, that can also be a comfort blanket and that can be something that you look forward to going back to. And, yeah, it is just prioritizing yourself. I totally recommend Light in the Woods uh, wholeheartedly. Now, the next one is Life is Strange, which, Jules, you recommended. Yeah. Now, I haven't finished season one of Life is Strange, but I do know this whole thing. Um, but this is more darker subject matter involving Kate Marsh. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, um, so Kate yeah. Marsh is a character that you come across in Life is Strange. She's from a like a fundamental Christian uh, family who's very, very sort of like, you know, anti-sex, anti-drugs, mm. um, 
like uh, like celibacy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she's at the university that you join, and unfortunately, she starts at the very beginning of the game looking very depressed, and it gets revealed uh, from Max's perspective mm-hmm. that what's happened is is that she went to a party, she got drugged, and was then videotaped making out with people, which obviously goes against like the drug taking, her sexuality, yeah, and her uh, like faith as well has been put into question. And it also means that she's now become a laughing stop. People are laughing at her, and it's a horrible situation to be in because her family also start to distance her because they only receive the tail end of the reports because they aren't in a familial state where they can talk about this sort of situation mm. without one the parent going, you are a child, I told you to do some, mm. something and you're not doing it. So she unfortunately withdraws from everything and it leads to a choice, um, If depending on what choices you've made in the game prior, of uh, Kate being on top of a, a roof and she mm. wants to commit suicide. It's got that bad. Mm-hmm. But you can save her if you are t- if you take the time to listen to what is going on with her and uh, basically prove that you are a friend that cares about her outside of this. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really quite heavy. Like, it, um, it affected me and I played through it because I, I managed to save her, but I Good. went and watched what happens if you don't. And they don't shy away from it. It's horrible. Mm. Like, the game, the, the writers of the game were clearly setting out to be like, choices do this matter. Can't happen. Your, yeah. your choices matter full stop. And they do affect other people mm. as well. And I think that that's something that is a very important life lesson, that it is okay to pursue your own happiness. Like, I feel that that is fundamental to our lives mm-hmm. in general. But you shouldn't do that at the expense of other people. You should, if you can, be as empathetic as possible and you should reach out and make sure that you're there for them. Mm. Like, don't beat yourself up if you can't be there for your friends all the time because unfortunately we can't and we are just human. But just it shows there that even little things like... You're just trying. Reaching out and just saying, hey, what do you want to do? Or like this trying to get that connection really does have an impact further yeah. down the line. I think addressing like, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's extremely like dark subject matter, but I, mm. I just, I put so much worth on conversation mm-hmm. on just being there for someone. Like it is the most therapeutic, cathartic thing possible if handled at the right time. The, so, the, the yeah. game, the game treats it as a dramatic climax mm. uh, to one of the, to, to, to one somewhat of the inevitably given the medium, I guess. Yeah. And I understand that, but what they did that I thought was quite commendable was almost like a bit of fourth wall breaking where they, give you in the journal a helpline to call if you two are experiencing these sort of things. Real life. A real life one as well. Cool. So I I, in, I really thought that was good, yeah. that they didn't just try to be like, oh, here's a really dramatic thing, and we've used this to play it off as a big crescendo. What they've done is said, this does happen. Mm-hmm. You might be in a similar situation. If you feel like you are being bullied or pressured by your school and not being listened to, there are people who will listen yeah. to you and want to speak to you. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. That's one of the biggest fundamental truths of mm. all of these conversations is that, yeah, people do care always. Uh, I mean, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard some of the, the things that have troubled me the most is when I've talked to people about how upset and depressed they are. Mm. And they come out with, I didn't want to bother anyone yeah. or I didn't want to speak to people because I wasn't sure if they was going to be there. But I can assure you, like anyone watching this as well, like people do want to talk to you. It's oh, not yeah. a case of you are bothering them or it getting in on their lives. No one wants you to be in a point where mm-hmm. you might kill yourself. No one wants that. No, so I think like, it's that, that ability to be able to reach out. I've never had that not be reciprocated or not mm. um, be worthwhile in, in the long term. Like you guys will both know and literally everyone who knows me, if I ever like, I'm, I get like, I over worry and focus on things for way too long and I'll always 
go back and talk Bless to you, you guys. Honestly, it's one of your sweetest. <laughs> All the time, we'd be like, I'm sorry, but just, just to make sure that text message, that that was what I meant. And just that bit's not meant to be, I don't know, whatever. I'm always like, I have to like clear that up. And then when someone's like, it was totally fine, I didn't give it a second thought. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah, fine. I know, yeah. And, um, but that's the thing. The, those, little, um, those little back and forth reciprocations for me are extremely valuable, but that's a very specific thing to me. But it yeah. does, it, for me, it's like the only thing I could pass on is just talk. Just talk to yeah. everybody. I mean, it's the best way to be. We are quite privileged in the fact that we do have good support networks here. I feel like I could talk to you guys about anything, mm. regardless of what it is. You almost ate his lunch on here before. I almost did, yeah. <laughs> in the middle um, of the recording. I like, but I do understand that there are going to be people out there that don't necessarily have the friends and family side of things. Like, um, even they could be part of the problem. Mm. But I just have to reiterate that there are professional services out there that yeah. do care because yeah. they are made nearly 100% of volunteers people want to be there to speak to you if you have a problem and plus so, like I said like having been through um, similar therapy sessions with close relatives like most people who are doing the volunteer work have been through it themselves and yeah, come on yeah. the other side and have a whole bunch of life lessons to pass on yeah a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's like, it's difficult, isn't it? It's like when you're in that position, like you don't, like you said, you don't want to sort of like try to I don't know, you infringe on someone you don't want to be mm, a burden mm, or anything but like you not at all like you said there are people out there and even if like you've been maybe failed a few times before maybe if like yeah, you've got a crap friend or you've tried one of these services like not all of these institutions are great mm, but more yeah. often than not the art's worth sticking yeah. to you might get a, a crap counselor one time but yeah. that shouldn't put you off like the entire thing like there are people out there who are like 
just so empathetic and so kind and so mm-hmm. considerate and so compassionate and it's just mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna have to meet them in, in the middle uh, to some degree or you eventually get to meet them in the middle um but i think one of the just to randomly throw out advice in it would just be diet as well one of the things that i just like i thought was I've, I've massively been... helpful was just have a good day's food yeah i've, I've noticed you, that you feel way more revitalized like people um uh, use comfort eating mm-hmm. uh, quite a lot with stuff like this and that does set you into a bad spiral i used to do that mm-hmm. and like it really like messed with my weight and my head at the same time mm-hmm. So getting control of things, simple things like that actually does help you because at the end of the day, most of these things can be helped with structure in general. And just having a structure, a routine to follow can really help you get through the day-to-day. And food mm-hmm. is a fantastic... Yeah, I'm just going to throw that in. Yeah. Sadly, there aren't any games that champion... Well, there are games that champion food overcooked, but there's not that many yeah, games so that champion the... Well, that's, you know. that's, that's the weird thing about it. That's why it's so hard to kind of capture mental health and mental mm. health issues in, like, games as well, because it manifests in so many different ways. Like, my own mental health is, like, weirdly intrinsically tied to food, like you said, but in such weird, toxic ways, like, that I didn't even understand until, mm. like, maybe a year or two ago, then I was like, why is all of this like adding on like where, what's the root cause of why I'm eating like this or why I'm not eating like this or why I'm indulging in this or why I'm not yeah. indulging in this and, like mm-hmm. it all came back to oh hang on it's all tied to my mental health yeah. and that was a weird <laughs> revelation to find out but like once you do unravel it through whether it's like through on your own or through support networks through help uh, like institutional help professional help mm-hmm. it's uh then you can start like treating yeah. it and like compartmentalizing it and treating it with structure and stuff and it's like obviously not a be all end all overnight um, sort of response, but it does help massively. Mm-hmm. If it, that there's that crystallizing moment, isn't there? And I don't know, like it's, it's, it sounds like it's affected you directly, but I don't know about yourself. But mm-hmm. when you actually can finally put some sort of finger on why you feel a certain way, yeah, like because trying to pin that down in my brain at the moment is like it's, it's impossible. <laughs> but when you suddenly just go like, oh, it's that that has annoyed me and it set me in this chain of events yeah. like, that's yeah. got to here, like. Mm-hmm. Mad, absolutely mad. I think that, that, yeah, I think all those, um, the diagnosis side of it, I think is just fascinating and like endlessly fascinating. That might be something for a different podcast. I'd love to yeah. talk about the, the wider side of this because it is the most fascinating topic anyway. Um, as another game that I'm going to throw in though to keep this all about the video games, but in a positive way, is uh, Persona. Because um, oh, you have Persona 4 yeah. and 5, um, which is kind of, it kind of twins with Celeste, the idea that you, you know, you can harness your worst parts, your other self or yeah. your, your doubts and insecurities and everything else. Um, in Persona, the very like fabric of that game is your, your summonable persona persona is the manifestation of your worst elements yeah. or the things you're trying to hide um, but in addressing them head on you learn how to control them and wield it and fight back against the demons I also, and fight everything else I also love in uh, Persona 5 obviously you're going into people's minds so you get to see their sort of like their fascinations their sort of fixations mm-hmm. and get to undo or change them to make them better people in the long run mm. or to avoid or to expose something that's going on and I'm not saying that like the Persona 5 uh, treats people with uh, complexes very fairly because sometimes no. just just oust them and just say like this person's going to go to the police but they have done pretty horrible things so I, I can't I think it's, it's a hard balance yeah, on that one yeah I'm only, I'm only cherry picking that one thing yeah. out of Persona 5 uh, but there, there, is, um, there is a Futaba as well mm-hmm. uh, one of the characters who deals with a lot of anxiety and I know that going through the uh, plot uh, addresses that in a mm-hmm. bit more head on so it does they do address it and they do show that there is like positivity around being with friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So one of the ones that um, I threw in because it's one of the only games that really put uh, mental health and, and like a, the, a different state of, a, of the character, bleh, a different uh, state of mental health in the game is um, Hellblade, which is just yeah. specifically I've about. I've yet to play that. I haven't played that. Okay, yet. so me and Josh have both finished it, um, but that is specifically about psychosis and what Senua goes through and the the horror of that. And they on um, on the on the dev side, they did a hell of a lot of research with specific people who would experience psychosis to try and get across what that's like going through it. Um, what do you think of Hellblade? I really 
really loved it. Mm-hmm. I have like uh, I know people who suffer from very similar things, whether it's psychosis, like schizophrenia mm-hmm. stuff. And I thought, obviously, I had, I've not had that experience firsthand, but from what I can gather, like I thought they did a really, even if it wasn't one hundred percent accurate or whatever, they did such an admirable job of trying to use the unique mechanics of video games as a medium to present that and yep. try to get you from that empathetic level again mm-hmm. and try to like get you in that same headspace and get you to understand because it's so difficult when someone's got a physical ailment or a, like a disease or something and you can see it on them mm. yeah that's so much easier i think to sort of understand and sort of get get to grips with because you can you can actually you see, see it, it you yeah, know like what it's affected but when it's in your brain like we were just saying there are so many ways it can manifest or entangle or sort of attack you like you just cannot get i cannot mm. be looking at you guys mm. without knowing beforehand like what is going on mm-hmm. and i thought this does a such a fantastic job of getting you in that headspace mm-hmm. and even if it's not like again it might not be 100% like truthful or like uh, the best representation but it, it tries and it does yeah. get you to think about it I think its intent is incredible and I think that the, the thing that you come out with that from um, or with or whatever just is that respect for like being, being able to go through it like or, or being able to sort of hold yourself together at all even though that game does delve with uh, does deal with her sort of like gradual kind of breakdown but little things that they showed in the making of like that idea of like if you're undergoing psychosis you might like see symbols or kind of you know, not necessarily knowing what to focus on in terms of reality they make those into puzzles and things that are in the game to sort of go through as well um, I just I guess I kind of want to commend it as one of the only games I can think of that really put like a mental state at the mm. forefront mm. Um, I don't think hardly any other games have done that um, to, <laughs> to um, mention something else uh, I had down here uh, Borderlands 2 which I think was one that Jules mentioned yeah so in the uh, the Tiny Tina DLC you know mm. where you get to play as the, the Dungeons and Dragons um uh, Vault Hunters and whatever it's called, their version of, of it. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've played that DLC. I've not. I don't like Borderlands much. <laughs> That's fair enough. Have you, have you played, I've three. played Borderlands 2, but not the DLC. That's fine as well. Um, it's basically what it is, is they uh, they all go on uh, an adventure, and it starts off with them playing a in-game version of Dungeons & Dragons, and it becomes manifested and real. And as it goes on, you start like getting glimpses of, because Tiny Tina's the one that's the dungeon master, she keeps on like mentioning Roland, and Roland was obviously killed in the main Borderlands mm. 2 plot, but at the time, you're so busy destroying stuff and blowing up robots and wanting to kill Handsome Jack that you don't really necessarily have time to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out as this goes on, there's quite a poignant moment when you realize that the game she's playing is actually her way of dealing with the grief that she's got from losing Roland. You are inside her mind because she is effectively telling you everything that's going on and it literally manifests Mm. as she tells you. But this shining knight of Roland appears to slay the dragon, but unfortunately he he dies. And it's about her literally at the end, all black, on her knees, and she's just going like, oh, I actually have to kind of accept that he's gone. He's Mm. not coming back. We can't just bring him back to life now and it was a really like touching moment in a game that is very silly a lot of the time so I just I did not expect it but I felt that it was a a great interpretation of the concept of grief. You see, yeah, things like that was, like I said at the beginning, like, I cast a very wide net because one mm. of the ones that came to mind, um, which I'll throw alongside this, is actually in Mortal Kombat 10 because um, I, I kind of want to address this, like, because yeah. obviously mental health manifests in a whole bunch of different ways, but you have things like like fear and doubt and anxiety and worry and mm. not belonging somewhere and, you know, they can kind of snowball. Um, it's a very small part of Mortal Kombat 10, but one of the new characters, uh, Kung Jin, who I think is Kenji's son, um, he's actually gay. He's like the first Mortal Kombat gay character in Mortal Kombat. Um, and 
they don't really make a big deal of it, which I quite like. I like that they just weave it through the story alongside everything else. Um, but they do have one great cutscene between him and Raiden, um, where he's talking about wanting to join the Shaolin monks, and he literally says, like, I can't, they'll not accept me for who I am. And even without addressing it head on, um, Raiden just says that, um, you know, they only care what's in your heart, not whom your heart desires. And it's mm. just like, even in Mortal Kombat, you kind of have them going near this idea of, you know, p- people, these big Shaolin warriors can still feel, you know, um, can still worry and can still feel yeah. like they don't belong. And yeah. I just, I like that even just as a little addendum to everything else that we're addressing. Like even a character from Borderlands can still be consumed by a very human emotion. Yeah. Um, so even though they're not at the forefront, like Hellblade or Celeste or Gone Home, then I still think it's worthwhile pointing out that, I, you know, these ideas yeah. can be in games. I just don't think that um, there are some video games out there that, do allow you to connect so directly with your emotions. Mm. And I feel like that is a the stepping stone to being able to address it because it's putting a finger on it, it's putting a definition on it. It's very hard, as we've discussed. But sometimes just being able to get yourself into an emotional state that allows a sort of release mm-hmm. yeah. is, is good. That's why we find ourselves as a society drawn to films like The Road and games like That Dragon Cancer. Mm. They are tearjerkers, incredibly sad films. And normally, why would you ever want to put yourself into a state of sadness? It <laughs> uh-huh. doesn't make any sense. But it's the release you get from it that helps your uh, yeah, like, yeah. Um, process things. Something like the end, like, yeah, by the end of Celeste, I was just an emotional wreck. But I mm. think it's like you do sort of sometimes need that pressure valve to be let off. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And like some games steer into that more than that's others. What, that, that, that Tiny's Tina thing sounds like so cool because I think that mm. reflects like, at least, I don't know about you guys, I want to speak for everyone, but for what I do, I like, like you said, I... Um, learn to come to terms with this or learn to explore things like this like through art whether it's uh, yeah. mm. games or films or music or literature or whatever like when I was growing up and I was trying to deal with all this stuff because I didn't really think I could talk to anyone else thankfully we've progressed from there but I think there is just art such a great way to go through these sort of come to terms with these kind of like lofty topics on your own in isolation because yeah. mm. you are connecting to something that someone else has created and even just that even if you were doing it on your own that sort of implies that oh there is someone else at least one other person yeah. Yeah. who has felt these feelings yeah. before yeah and it's just like that whole idea of like art being escapism but it tends to be in gaming twin with empowerment whereas like you know that whole idea of like you know we'll probably listen to like any different album that you can lose yourself in and the lyrics yeah. maybe speak to you or whatever and that gets you through a certain time um, there was always that assumption across the last few decades that gaming was not up there with music or wasn't up there with film um, but I think we've got I think we've pretty much got there over the years yeah. and there are examples nearly all these are very new examples um, but there's nothing to say that like a game can't be held up there too and you know they're still written by people who have been through these things they're yep. still pulling from real world experiences and yeah there's nothing wrong with feeling things through gaming um, it doesn't have to just be about blasting stuff with a giant gun even then when you said about like empowerment there's a great bit in Hellblade towards the end where you were just you're hitting these insurmountable odds and mm. you just keep fighting you keep fighting and like the way it uses its mechanics to either empower you or disempower you because there's one point where you can't actually win yeah, like oh, you, really? can, you can kill as you many things as you want it. but it will eventually overcome you and I thought ah. that was that was quite smart and mm. it made you think about things in a way that you perhaps wouldn't if that was just a passive experience if you were watching mm-hmm. it play out yeah. I was going to say what do you, as the final point like how do you see um, any ideas that you'd want from games going forward Like, because the examples that I've got here like we have things where the idea of mental health and I don't know different facets of mental health are weaved into the story like Borderlands and Mortal Kombat yeah. you have things like Hellblade where it, it is the story and understanding it even on a visual sense like they're trying to represent a, a state of mental health um, I guess it's just with the state that gaming's at at the minute like are we in a pretty good spot or are there things you'd like to see games try we're, we're in a better spot mm. definitely to, for the conversation to be opened up and I don't think that going forward every single game needs to be about this no. subject nor do I feel that I just feel that in general there needs to be a better representation and we're getting 
there. Mm -hmm. And it's a representation, and I do mean that in a blanket sense. I mean that in terms of your sexuality, in terms of your race and things like that. I mm -hmm. do mean that we are getting there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like for every one of those, you can have your FIFAs and your and your, your Dooms and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, where uh -huh. you're just killing or just playing a game that isn't like... Oh yeah, nothing should ever replace it. Really. So I just feel like now is a better time than ever for independent developers to tell their stories. Celeste sold and reviewed really, really well. Yeah. So it's great to see that people will support this. But even from well. last year, I mean, you can I can throw God of War up. Like having just watched that documentary, like... That the, is a tale of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like breaking Kratos down, humanizing him. They did the same thing with Nathan Drake and Uncharted 4, like yeah. really, you know, showing that this character's motivations and the worries that they have, more so in the God of War sense. Like Kratos is a broken man. Yeah. Um, and I think that they, they try and like flesh out the, the, the human emotions and it only yeah. makes that character stronger. Um, I don't know if that's the, what you think about going forward. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Just, all of it's good. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Give me yeah. more of everything. I it think, is very yeah, good. But by now, wait a minute, over the, over the past few years, we've yes. seen, uh, especially in like the indie space, them actually experimenting, like I said, with the mechanics and actual yeah. features as well as the story, which I think is, we're only just scratching the surface of that. I think there is so much more you could do with that. Mm -hmm. um, that I think, yeah, I, I like the idea of just more representation in general, like weaved throughout the games, but then these specific sort of character studies like Hellblade, mm -hmm. like that's so beneficial in the long run. And like the fact that games, games as an industry and a medium are so large and so expansive that there should be, you know, just the opportunity to do everything. Like, you said mm -hmm, yeah. everything needs to be this big explosive thing and you can even weave things into there but then on the other hand whether it's triple A whether it's indie there is space for it so we should absolutely embrace it yeah definitely and I think yeah to hold it like again just to, to roll that together into something like God of War it, you can do a big triple A like you know it's going to be played by millions of people but you can still have those underlying messages that make you think of the more yep. human aspects of it um, and it's all the more richer because of it so yes yeah, so for now this has been our first podcast for mental health awareness raising awareness week uh, on the What Culture Gaming podcast channel uh, I've been your host Scott Taylor joined by Jules Gill Thank you very much, guys. And Josh Brown. Thank you. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.